Well, thank you very much for uh, your lovely warm welcome as usual. Um, if I pull that back, will that do anything to the PA? Is that all right? Not because I'm scared of you, but I want to be able to see you. Right, so. um, now, normally, at the, perhaps at the beginning of speaking, if I sort of go to one of the, the churches in, in our family of churches, um, as you are, then I sort of give you an update. But um, actually, Steph said to me, would you do sort of like the whole thing as a bit of an update, but from a scriptural principle? So if you want to just turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Now, you've been, I understand, going through Ephesians. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I've got the last few verses. And uh, so we kind of thought that sometimes when you... You read things in scripture, you almost need to see them outworked, not just not just talk about the principle of them. And, and this is one of those things. So I hope uh, what I'm going to do this morning works. Uh, if it doesn't, then you can blame Steph, right? Because he told me to do it. OK, <laughs> it was his idea, sir. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm sure we'll be all right. Now, in verse 21 to 24, Paul is signing off from from uh, really what is a, an extraordinary letter. I mean, um, many people say that they think Ephesians was, was a circular letter that went to all the churches. So it may well be that this last little bit was a particular bit that went into a particular church. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. But the, the, the point is there's a principle here. So in the first, probably in the first three chapters of Ephesians, he's sort of putting on this beautiful um, uh, doctrinal uh, um, foundation this sort of beautiful cement that, that that just sets so that they're all solid in in how they you know in the in the doctrines of grace and he's just kind of pouring in this beautiful thing and then it sets and then in the the, the last three chapters three through to six he's he's putting up the structure well this is now how you live you know be like this be like that put this on take that off don't be like this be like this. you know this he's putting in the practical things that go on top of the foundation of grace so when he gets right to the end, he's, he's just kind of signing off. And, it, and what's interesting about this is you understand from these last few verses that this is not about some organization uh, or some kind of brand thing or some technical detail or technical thing that Paul's doing. He's not just sort of coldly and unemotionally giving people a set of tools to live by it. These are his family of friends. It's, it's, this is family business. And so it's with that you've got to sort of read these last few verses. And in verse 21 he says, So that you might, sorry, so that you also may know how I am and what, I'm been, what I am doing. So he's been talking to them about them for six chapters. <laughs> and then he, fi he finishes it off. So you may also know how I am and what I'm doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you might know how we are and that he might encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. So, Father, help me this morning just to get the... Something of the feeling of this. Lord, this is a feeling. These are feelings verses, Lord. And uh, you're an emotional God. You feel you are love. 
you know, you're, you're not you're not a god of who just acts coldly. You feel things. You you are love. You, it's who you are. And I pray, Lord, that just something of the the family of God on earth, the way it should feel, would would, would come over this morning. Help me, Lord. To, we're, we're not good at this, particularly in the West. We're not good at feelings. We like facts. Lord, so help us to just get your heart and understand that it's about. God so loved he sent, Lord, that there's something about how we feel that matters very much to you because it's your image, it's, it's who you are, and that feelings are important, they matter, they're, 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 they're good things. So I pray you just help us with this, Lord, uh, in this sort of um, this time we've got, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So just to say, you know, God, uh, to fill in a bit more, God does, didn't, does not... God's aspiration for his mission in the earth is not to create organizations, but to create family. It's from him the whole family of God derives its name. We are a family. You are a church family. One of the reasons I'm intentionally... Vocabulary matters in, in, in everything, really. And one of the reasons I intentionally say that uh, this is that relational mission is a family of churches, right? It's a family business. It's 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 we do stuff together, but we're a family. And you find that right from Genesis right the way through to Revelation, God has always wanted a family. It's it's that's His heart, and family is good. Family is inclusive. It, family is uh, we're all part of God's family, and so when you Right from Noah to Abraham, Jacob and his sons, right through the New Testament, Paul, the way he wrote to the churches, Peter. There's family feel to it. There's, there's brothers and sisters and mothers in God and fathers in God. This, this is beautiful stuff. And it's actually where the strength comes. You know, organization can look strong, but if it hasn't got family DNA, um, it won't last. You can even have, some of you may even have, I don't know, grown up in situations where everything looked good, but the depth of relationship wasn't there. That, that's increasingly a challenge in today's world, isn't it? On the other hand, some of you may have grown up with very little structurally, but yet the house was filled with love. Who's the richer? Yeah, so... There's something Paul's just cherishing. He said, he didn't just sign off. He said, so you, know, so you might know how I am and, and what's going on. I want, to, I want to tell you the family business. And he didn't send them a magazine or someone with a load of parchments because, you know, he would have written Ephesians and it's delivered as a letter. He could have just done that with a bit of an update, but he didn't. He said, no, I'm going to send Tychicus to you and he will tell you everything. In other words, Paul was so concerned that everybody was caught up in what's going on, that he deliberately tasks someone to go and spend time with a big family meeting. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. I'm going to send Tai Chi because you have a big family meeting. All the news, going to tell you all the news. And he's going to tell you about me, he's going to tell you what I'm up to. I think that's setting a culture that's really important. So as you're increasingly planting churches you know, to Poland and... Frankfurt and into Kurdistan, 
this, you're not waving on the dockside with a handkerchief to people, saying, well, God bless you as you build your organization. Nice to know you. No, the family's growing. It's a, it, you're just as connected, but you're just, you know, Paul was stretched very often, you know, in different places. But he thought, now, how do I keep the family connected? I know, I'll send Tychicus to you. It mattered. It was instinctive in his way of building apostolically. He thought, I'm not just going to do this as a, some sort of organizational thing and move, 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 guys. And, yeah, we haven't got time for emotions. <laughs> Cut you off. It, no, he said, no, I've got to keep you up to date. I've, I want to make you feel part of this because you are. So I guess what I'm trying to say as a foundational principle is as we, over the coming years, uh, learn more about being a family of churches – the broader global family of New Frontiers that we're part of, you know, 1,500 churches or more. They don't even know how many churches there are now in New Frontiers. Do you know that? We've lost count because nobody knows. It's just all happening. So we're part of a very big family. But we're also part of our own family that we've just called Relational Mission, but we're just giving it a name, to be honest, so that we can have a website and a bank account. Right? It's nothing to do with the name. It's just a practical stuff. It's actually a family of people who are growing to learn to love one another, who've got to know one another, who sense the hand of God bringing them together. So me and Steph go back years, and we sense God joining us together when he was still in short trousers. No, not really. Uh, but not that long ago. But there was connection in history, and then God has unfolded that journey. So we're now caught up in a larger journey with lots more people. Do you, do you get the idea? And what's going to happen is as... You guys get into Kurdistan and where you're going, God's going to add more and more people into this family. So we'll have families all over the earth eventually. I honestly believe God's called us to something that we'll have in its own contribution. We're not the only thing going on. There's loads of things going on, praise God. But we will have global reach. I believe that. Because God wants to have a family that represents all tongues, tribes, and nations to demonstrate one new man in Christ. That's what he wants to do. And I, I, I think that's remarkably exciting to give your life to that and that by doing it together god gives you a reach that you'd never have on your own so when you're sending hazer and lena we're all in this together so when we have the leaders conference in june we're all going to be praying for them every church is praying for them we're going to get you know so you get the idea this is really really family business very important and the other thing is i think paul by sending taichikas to them is saying look we're on a journey together and we're learning as we go along. He's just sending them an update. He's saying, look, this is what's happening, strengths, weaknesses, strains, pressures. I mean, at the beginning, just before those verses, he says, please do pray for me that words may be given me to open. So when I open my mouth, sorry, let me read it properly. Pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul, in this particular season of writing, is somehow imprisoned in his circumstances, so he can't actually do what he, as freely, what he has been doing. But they don't say to him, well, you're a fat lot of good, then we're going to find a better apostle who isn't imprisoned. Useless. Useless. Find another one. Quick. They don't, they don't cut him off because he's in difficulty. He's saying, please pray for me. And I bet they did. You know, because it's family. We stand with each other whether you know, we're doing well or whether we're not doing so well. It's not about 
It's not about um, it's not about finding the best or the fastest or the most efficient. It's about going through the journey together. There'll be there'll be times of setback, advance, pressure, difficulty, joy, sadness, tears. That's what comes with family life. Some of you may not. I don't know who's here, but some of you may not have had brilliant family life. I tell you, in the family of God, you can know everything that family is all about. I mean, my father died when I was nine, so I, I can't even remember his voice. I really can't. So I don't know what it is to have a father. I tell you, I've got a father now who's made up for all of that because I've, I've learned what it is to feel fathered. So God, God's family is really, 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 really vital. When you become a Christian, you're not joining an organization. You're becoming part of a family. So everything we do, all the business we do, all the mission we do, everything we do is family DNA, everything. So youngest to oldest matter. Gifted to not so gifted matter. Intelligent to, well, whatever, me. We all matter. We all matter. And we all have a role to play. And I think that's what Paul's trying to catch up here. He's saying, I want to tell you, it's personal. It's not a project. It's really, really personal. And he says in verse 21, so that you might know how I'm doing and, uh, and, and what I'm doing. He thought it was so important that they knew what he is doing so that it encouraged their hearts. Now, I believe that one of the best things about being part of an apostolic family is that it makes us realize that the world is much bigger than our own little, you know, than this room, Okay. Because you can find yourself actually, do you know what? We're touching this nation. We're involved in that. There's a bit of impact here. Doing things that we'd never be able to do if we were just doing it on our own. And I think that's why he's, he's trying to catch them up in that. So you may know how I am and what we're doing. So I just wanted to tell you a few things that we're doing, you're doing, we're doing together. Things that are on my heart that I think God's beginning to do with us as a family. And I hope that by doing that, very practically, I'm kind of doing the bits that Tai Chi has probably said to them but didn't make it into scripture, right? So I'm just telling you the bits that are relevant to us now and some things that I feel are really important and hopefully they'll, they'll encourage you. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you understand why I'm doing it, yeah. right? Because it's, what else do you do with a bit of scripture like this, right? <laughs> You've got to try and model it, haven't you? So that's what I'm trying to do. So I think the first thing to say is that I think we are on a journey that is, God's given us a compass, but he hasn't given us a map. And what I mean by that is this. The Bible is our compass, right? and the Holy Spirit helps us keep the compass right. But the difference between a compass and a map is this. A map means that you've got every detail worked out exactly on the journey. Turn left, turn right, a bit like having a sat-nav. You know, it's, just, it's all programmed in, and you don't really have to think about it, you just do it. A compass gives you where you're heading, but you've got to navigate the bits in between, and it'll be all unfamiliar. So I've got no idea, do I go left, do I go right? Well, I'm not entirely sure, but I know I've got to get over there. And I feel that's kind of, that's the heart of pioneering. So for you guys, just beginning to unveil the sports car of postcode um, you know, planting as you, you know, it's a Ferrari, right? But no one's driven it yet, okay? And you think, my goodness, you know, how does this go? It's a compass. 
Right? It's a compass. God will, God will give you the map as you go on that. And I think that's what's happening for us as a family. I've never done this before. Right? I've, never, I've never led a family of churches. And many times I say, God, I've got no idea. What do I do now? What do I do now? But the thing is, the Lord always shows you. He always shows you. And isn't that what an adventure with God is? When God called Abraham, he said, go to a city, I'll show you. Abraham said, yeah, where is it? God didn't answer him, actually. He said, I'll show you. Oh, right, okay. And it says, I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing. Abraham set out, and he didn't know where he was going. I mean, have you ever caught the irony of that scripture? He set out not knowing where he was going. What an idiot. You know, but it's like, nobody does that. Well, actually, yes, they do. Every Christian does that. We're all on a journey to something we know God's called us to, this heavenly vision. One day it'll all be completely finished. We know where the compass is pointing. But what do we do now? We set out, even though we've got no idea where we're going. That is very Abrahamic. And it's very biblical. Well, Steph should have all the answers. No, he shouldn't. He just needs to know with the elders, this is what we believe God's saying. All the bits will get filled in. Abraham didn't do too bad. Right? You wouldn't be here. You would not be here if he hadn't set out not knowing where he was going. All right? There will be people sitting amongst you in five years, ten years, who would not be here unless you set out on this journey. That's the only reason for doing the journey. And that's the only reason for Abraham doing the journey. God said, I'll give you children stars like stars in the sky, sand on the seashore, if you go, if you do it. So we're all on that kind of a journey. I'm on that journey. I believe hey, some of these things are really quite personal. And some of you know me a little bit now, and some of you have never met me and think, might be think I'm strange. You'll think I'm even stranger when I say what I'm now going to say. But... In for a penny. Doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm getting on a train soon, so you can say, Steph, that is a strange man. I, I, I was in, um, in Kenya at Edward, Edward, Edward Berea's um, conference. Edward, we work very closely with his family of churches and our family of churches. We're very, very close in working together. And I was in one of their prayer meetings. And believe me, Kenyans really do know how to pray. I mean, it's like, yeah, whatever. And I'm in there, and, the, and there's power of God's really moving in this premise. And I felt God say to me, open your hands. And I did. And I felt him give me a prophetic prayer. It's a strange thing. I don't, I, yeah, I don't really know how else to describe it. But I prayed, Lord, would you, uh, through these hands, would you pour millions of pounds to touch the lives of millions of people? And I sort of went like that after I prayed it, thinking, what a... What a prayer. I can't do that. But no, I, I felt that I'd pray it again. So I prayed it. And no, Lord, through these hands, would you pour millions of pounds to touch the lives of millions of people? And I kept praying it. I kept praying it. And to be perfectly honest, I shocked myself with what I was praying. And I thought, have I gone a little, you know, has the sun been a bit strong today? <laughs> really, I did think, this. am I a bit, is there something wrong with the water? Because I, I, I don't walk, just so you know, I don't normally pray that kind of a prayer on a Tuesday morning or whatever. It's not, you know, Lord, give me millions of pounds. So some people do. I don't know. Right? But, but I genuinely, to this day, believe God gave me that prayer 
And it was a prayer of faith. And I still keep praying it because there's nothing within me that can achieve that. But I believe it was something that God put on my heart for us as a family of churches. It's not about me as an individual. I was almost like representative. And I believe that this church, the other 70 or so churches in relational mission, I genuinely, with all my heart, believe that God has an agenda way bigger than anything we might imagine that will involve millions of pounds flowing through our hands to touch the lives of millions of people. I, with all my heart, I believe God said that to me. I kind of feel a bit like Abraham saying to, when people said to Abraham, where are you going? He said, well, I don't know, but I just know what God has said. That's all I can say. I'm sure Paul would have said things to the family of churches he worked with, and, and um, it would have seemed a bit strange. But he knew God, Paul knew God had spoken. He, he, he knew that God had said, I need you to go to Rome. You've got to go there. So he kept, kept going, kept going. Even when people told him not to. No, I've got to go. So that, this compass without a map, I hope somehow, whether locally, with your um, postcode adventure, which it is, it's an adventure, or whether it's for us as a family of churches, this kind of broad expansion to that kind of you know, vision that's bigger than anything we could do. I hope... That, can you let that get in your hearts a little bit? That we're a family on an adventure and it will always be bigger than we set the bar at. You with, you with me on that? The, del- the delicate thing about talking like this is there are some Christians who make bold statements feeling somehow that that's kind of what you need to do. I'm humbly telling you what I be, I'm trying to be humble by saying genuinely. Uh, well, if I was being proud, I'd dress it up, right? I'm just telling you, I believe God said that to me. I really do. And I believe he said it to me for us. So somehow, you some, sometimes you have to have humble convictions. And you say, well, he didn't have to say it to me, but he did. And if I disbelieve him or if I hide it away, thinking, oh, no, I can't say that. I'm actually disobeying God. And I'd rather take the risk of saying, this is what I believe God said, um, even if I'm misunderstood. Because I think I've, I've just got to go with what I think he said. So what I'm trying to say is, there's big thi- big things. So Hazel and Lena going to Curtis, is it, that's, a bi- that's a big thing. That's big. But God is connecting us. We can't say too much about it because obviously where it is. But there are other connections coming about that are... I think utterly extraordinary. I mean, even next week, um, we're meeting with some connections for, for things that can't even talk about. God is doing something in that part of the world that we have a part to play in. And I'm genuinely humbled by it. I think, my you know, Lord, this is... When I watch the pictures on the news of the devastation in Syria, I think, God, give, just give, help us to do something at some point. At some point, Lord, I want to help rebuild that. I can't help it. I, I think, you know, do you know what I mean? Just God, just give us. And I, I think somehow, somewhere, at some point in time, we will begin to touch that sort of disaster. So, compass, no map. Second thing, I mean, I haven't got time's running away, but are you still with me? You, you get, uh, second thing, the how many have you been to an enough prayer meeting here? 
Oh, Carl, great. That's wonderful. That's, mo- that's a lot of you. Good. I'm, I'm amazed by it enough. Honestly, I mean, who would think a Friday night, half night of prayer, the end of a busy week, asking people to come out and pray, you know, which is normally like kiss of death on a meeting, isn't it, really? You know, it's a, it's a meeting. Yeah, great. It's a prayer meeting. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It's just like prayer was almost like just burst the bubble. <laughs> Everything's going to... That's traditionally in the West what prayer has been like. But I just felt God say, I want you to mobilize large-scale corporate prayer. Large-scale corporate prayer. So we started, you know, a little while ago, when was it, two years ago now. Do you know, we're still getting over 2,000 people every time. I mean, I keep pinching myself. 2,000 people are turning out. When, you, when we did your, your thing last time, you know, the video, you all look very nice, and, uh, you know, the, the postcode thing, 2,000 people are praying for you. Just let that, I, I tell you what, you don't need to worry, is God going to bless this? You've, you've got supercharged prayer. Right. That's why Paul said, pray for me, pray for me. You must pray, you must pray. In Corinthians, he said, you, you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks for the blessing granted in answer to the prayers of many. There will be acceleration amongst you in this vision because 2,000 people prayed for you. That's what a family on apostolic mission does. And my, my genuine desire is that we would go from 2,000 up and up and up and up and up. I'm even beginning to wonder whether it will climb over our walls and others will join to us. I'm getting other denominations, other networks, other streams coming to me saying, we like this, could we join in with it or could we replicate what you're doing in our, you know. I, I'm thinking, why not 2,000 to 20,000? Wouldn't that be incredible? To think 20,000 people praying for God to move in a nation. I've not, I've not seen that in my lifetime. It, uh, in the, the, you know, the world I'm involved in. So enough is a, is a huge thing for us. And I think it's almost like the, the, the priming pump for everything. So can I even appeal to you, even though most of you put your hand up there to say you've been to and enough, when they come up each time, please keep giving yourselves to them because if we saturate prayer, saturate what we're doing with prayer, it will work. It will work. When we do the leadership conference in June, and uh, those of you who are leaders or aspiring leaders or you know, in the workplace or in church, you're very, invi- very welcome to that. Book in. Folks here will tell you how to do that. But we're hoping to have 600 plus leaders at that and we're going to be doing an enough evening on the Friday night and it will be live streamed. So the rest of you could get together in homes, small groups, gospel communities, whatever you're doing, and you can live stream into the event and pray. So we're having enough, um, you know, I don't know how many people, we could go anywhere in the world with it. So there'll be 600 leaders there. Terry Virgo's coming, he's going to preach on uh, praying for revival, then we're going to pray for revival and I'm trusting that live stream we can reach, you know, who knows how many people. It's a bit of an experiment. But uh, so if you're not at the conference and you've got the Friday night free, just make a note, live stream, get some friends, pizza, you know, still do, still do the same thing, eat beforehand, then pray, all right? So you can still do it the way we do it. Um, but I think that's exciting, you know, that there's just more momentum 
coming up with that. Um, a couple more things. I, what? Tell me exactly when you want me to come into land. Pretty soon. Pretty, <laughs> pretty soon. I'll tell you one, one more thing. Uh, pretty soon. Uh, I'll tell you one more thing. Uh, and this is one of the things I'm going to talk quite a bit at the conference about. The whole conference is about gospel for the broken world. I believe that two of the key things that God wants us to major on as a family of churches, if you can imagine, if you were a boxer, you're a boxer. Left hook, right hook. Right. I don't know which is the most important, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Really? Does it matter? Okay. <laughs> right. I'm ambidextrous. Right. Um, enough. Right. Everyone a witness. Now, what do I mean by everyone a witness? What I mean is this. I think two of the key things that have drifted out of the church foundations in the West in terms of their priority are large-scale corporate prayer and every single one of us being a witness through words, works, and wonders. What we've tended to do is wait for the evangelist to come in and do stuff or wait for a program to come in and do stuff. All of those things have their place, but I'm convinced that God wants every single one of us, me included, and I'm, try I'm, I'm trying to be exhibit A in this, every single one of us to have a culture amongst us that the priority we think about is how do we extend the reach of the gospel in every way we possibly can, through our words, testimonies, alpha, preaching, however the words come, whatever context, our words our stories, our testimony of how we know Jesus is important. Our works, food bank, caring for people, being kind to your neighbours, just being salt and light in the world, just simple acts of kindness that people think, goodness, why, why are you doing that? Well, I'm doing it because I love you, with the love of Christ. Uh, works. And then this is the one I think, just to, to finish off, I, I think for you, and I shared this with the leaders yesterday, I think God wants to raise the water level of wonders among you so that more and more you get confident in just praying for people who need healing. Um, and I say that because I've been on that journey myself. And um, what I would want to say is after this meeting, because I'm, I'm just trying to make myself available to the Lord now and just to be obedient to what he said to me, so... Um, after each meeting now where there's time and opportunity, I just simply say, if you'd like, if you're not well and you'd like me to pray for you, if you don't mind a bit of a wait, if there's a bit of a queue, then fine, just grab a coffee and wait. I'm happy to pray for anyone who's not well. I've been doing that for a while now, and I'm actually starting to see some extraordinary miracles. I, I, I spoke to a lady two weeks ago, I'll just finish with this. Uh, I went to our church in Chafford 100, you might think, where's that? It's Lakeside, basically. All right, if you just think Lakeside, that's where we're at. A church of over 40 nations, uh, 600 people, remarkable, uh, just buzzing as a church. And this lady came to see me at the end. She said, you were here a year ago and you prayed for me at the end of the meeting. And I remembered when I saw her, but I'd forgotten up until that point. And she said, I was due to go into hospital about a month after that to have my spleen removed um, and the spleen cleans the blood, and so she'd got all sorts of blood disorders, and she was going to have her spleen removed, which would meant she'd have to live on medication for the rest of her life. I simply prayed at the end of the meeting. It wasn't even in the meeting. We'd finished. You know, I had a cup of coffee in one hand, and I prayed for it. And um, she said to me, I was completely healed. 
Uh, she said, I didn't have my spleen removed. I have, I've been, yeah, it's amazing, yeah, wonderful. Um, she just recently got married in that year since as well, so her life just completely different from how it would have been. Um, she's, her GP is monitoring, her, doing blood tests every two months, but for the whole year since then, not one level has been out at all. She says, I, I'm completely better. Now, I just, I just made myself available and prayed a simple prayer. Can I suggest to you, the more you just do that in your workplace, in your next-door neighbors, and you know, in church here, the more you do it, guess what? The more people will get healed. There still will be a load that don't, and you pray for, but at least they know they've been loved. At least you've you know, shown kindness to them. So I just feel, just to, to, to finish by saying this, I think the journey we are on is a compass no map. It's into things we've never done before, but we're doing it as a family. Big part of that is large-scale corporate prayer, so give yourselves to enough, you know, in all the the things that come to and give yourself when when this conference comes it's not a conference that's going to come and go with a theme it will be almost like unveiling a culture that we want to try and i want a culture amongst us that's hashtag everyone a witness every single one of us which just in our it's just in our dna we just think like that when you're in the coffee shop supermarket whether it's long-term friendships family relationships people you work with you get, you get me. I, I think this is really, really important. And uh, so I think probably I'll come into Landex. because you need to do some other stuff. Is that okay? So does that give you a bit of a flavor for what's going on? And I, I, I'm just so, I love being here. We've had a great weekend. And I, I, I'm, we're really with you in this church planting by postcode, this uh, gospel, uh, what it was called. You know, the gospel plants, can't remember what the wording is. Uh, by postcode. I, I, we're really with you. We're, we're going to you know, help you as best as we can. Uh, so that we can see the Lord do some wonderful things across this part of London. Yeah. So 